In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Thanks for being here for another Retirement Pathfinder podcast. Walter Storholt alongside Phil Gusky today, retirement income planning specialist. And Phil's the founder of Pathfinder, co-author of many financial planning books as well, serving you throughout the Rockford area. And this is our mailbag edition of the show where we answer your questions on the podcast. And we've got one good one to feature this week from Clark and Roscoe. By the way, if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on a future show, just go to pathfinderwealth.com and you can ask a question through the website. Uh, Real good question for you this week, Phil, from Clark. Clark says, we have about a million and a half saved for retirement. Very little debt as well. Do we have enough to not worry about money throughout our retirement? I bet this is a common question, at least maybe not maybe not the exact same figure, but that same ending question. Do we have enough? That's a great, great question, Walter. In fact, uh, Clark, thank you for, for this question. And, uh, you know, it, the question goes to the, the bigger question is how much is enough? And uh, that question is asked by nearly all people that are entering their retirement years. So I want to congratulate you, first of all, Clark, for... Uh, making great progress by both accumulating substantial money, your nest egg, and having little debt. Now, what's really interesting, Fidelity came out with a report here recently that said that 157,000 Americans have saved a million dollars or more. So join the club. Congratulations, you're not by yourself. So you're a long way down the road to financial success, Clark. Uh, However, you know, in answer to your question, will I have enough? I have to respond this way, maybe. Maybe you'll have enough. It will depend on several things. And so I need to ask you some questions or really kind of sit down with you and and, uh, ask you a few pointed questions about uh, what to do with that money or what you're planning to do with that money. And so let me ask you a few questions here. The first one is, uh, do you have a spending plan? I like to call it a spending plan, not a budget, because a budget sounds very restrictive. But spending plan is to determine uh, what your static or ongoing expenses are expected to be in, in retirement. You know, studies have found that when people enter retirement, they have no clue how much it's going to cost them. One study showed that actually people will spend about 140% more in retirement the first couple of years than what they did when they were in their working years. So we need to figure out what your what your time and your expenses will be during that period, where you're going to go, what you're going to do with you and spend your time with. And uh, so, you know, People have uh, put down on paper, you know, anything from very elaborate spreadsheets to uh, just a simple envelope system. Now, Clark, one of the things that you have to understand about a spending plan is that you have to include something in that plan that a lot of people don't plan for. And you have to understand that if you have most of your money coming from a 401k plan, that about one third of it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the IRS. It's going to be taxed. So one third of your money doesn't belong to you. And so when you put together your spending plan, we have to understand that uh, you have to make allowances in your budget to pay your taxes. It's very important. Okay. The second thing we need to do is we need to anticipate and plan for major expenses that may come up in the future. You know, life happens. And so um, you're going to have a lot of unplanned expenses that come along. Uh, I'll give you some examples. Uh, college funding for grandkids. Uh, we had a couple come in the other day and they had a, a pile of money sitting on the side. They didn't know what to do with it. I asked, well, do you have grandchildren? They said, sure we do. I said, well, are they struggling right now? Do they need help financially? 
And, uh, you know, I had a friend of mine that said, you know, it's probably better to give the money when they're, when they're living. And, and his saying was, give your money where you're, while they're living so you know where it's going. And I thought that was a pretty good uh, phrase like, to use. I like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that was Ron Blue, who's a very, uh, very well-known financial uh, author. But he said that. And so there might be loans that you want to make to family members or you want to maybe do some extensive traveling or, or by golly, you know, the hailstorm storm comes and you have to put a roof on your house and uh, you have to be out of pocket for some of that money. So the question is, how often will you need to go to the well for these things? So we need to have a, um, a plan in place. We had a long-term client that came in here recently, and when they retired uh, about 10 years ago, they had adequate funds, and we sat down with them with their spending plan, and they set enough money aside to uh, cover nearly every contingency. But as the years went on, I noticed that there was a huge drain on their account. Even in a bull market, while the market was going up, their account was going down, and something was going wrong here. What we found out after we sat down with them is that they were going back to the well more often than they planned. We found out that they were doing some wonderful things for their family. They were buying cars for their graduate children, and they were going on vacations, taking the whole family with. And, and so they were doing these wonderful things for their family, but I had to raise the flag of caution and tell him and his wife that at their current rate of spending, their funds would be depleted in eight years. Well, that was a shocker to them. And so it was a difficult but a necessary conversation to have. Another big expense that most folks don't really consider is the cost of health care expenses. And this is a shocker as well. Fidelity came out with a study last year where they found couples that are age 65 and older were expected to pay $275,000 during their retirement year for health care expenses alone. That's phenomenal. None of us saw that coming. Now, this is for basic medical costs that does not include the cost of long-term care insurance or even the cost of nursing home expenses. So, you know, if we talk about these things long enough, we feel pretty depressed. And so I want to tell you, Clark, don't despair. Let's say that, Clark, you do a great job of uh, uh, setting and following the spending plan. You plan for the contingencies. You control the urge to indulge the grandkids. And just a little bit, it's okay to do some of that. But you want to be able to place those dollars uh, away for needed health care expenses. And so you do a good job there. Is there anything else that we need to consider? Anything that we might have missed along the way? And the answer is yes. So one of those things that we need that needs to be done before we can move you from a maybe to a yes, as far as your expectations are concerned, is this. Part of your question was that you do not want to worry. You know, do we have enough not to worry. And that word is a real important key to me. In order to move you from the world of worry to the land of confidence, we must do one more thing. And, and that really one more thing is to develop a philosophy of investing. Now, it's really interesting that we develop philosophies throughout our entire lives, you know, such as how to raise children. We have a philosophy about that or a philosophy about our faith, our personal faith, or uh, the importance of, uh, you know, and, and philosophy of education or politics. However, very few have taken the time to develop one about investing. Here are some factors that we must understand that go into the developing this philosophy of investing, Clark, that will help you to position your nest egg in such a way that will give you the confidence to say, I will have plenty. First of all, we have to understand that there's two schools of thought available to investors. The first school of thought I call the Wall Street approach. Now, we understand that you know Wall Street is all around us. We turn on the the uh, cable news uh, networks, we see the uh, business channels, 
uh, we are told constantly what's going on in the stock market. You know, whatever we have to do, whenever we want to find out, we, we consult with the Dow Jones Industrial or the S&P 500. But one of the things that we have to understand about Wall Street is they, uh, they as firms encourage you to continually trade, you know, to market time your positions and to follow gurus. Now, if we understand what Wall Street's intent is, the big firm's intent is to, to make money whether the market goes up or whether the market goes down. If you happen to make money along the way, Walter, uh, Walter you know, it's, it's important to understand that's kind of incidental to their, their real purpose. Their purpose is to make money for the companies. And so we've got that one school of thought. The second school of thought is what we call the academic approach, which employs what we call financial science and comes from uh, schools like Stanford and University of Chicago and, and from professors that are, are Nobel laureates, people that have won awards for their great business acumen and for their particular research into the area of financial science. So if I ask my clients here, which of these two schools of thought do you want to adhere to, either Wall Street where they sell you products or the academics where they want to teach you how financials work, they usually side with financial. And by using the academic approach, you can identify and control risk in your portfolio. And that's a key. One of the things that we want to do is we don't necessarily want to shoot out the stars and try to get the highest returns in the market we can get. But we want to be able to make sure that we can control risk if the market takes a tumble. There's no speculating or gambling or no guesswork when you go with the academic approach. So you will be able to become aware of where the greatest returns come from consistently with the least amount of risk and build a portfolio that will be, uh, be able to provide you with the income that you'll need. And you'll be able to say, I will have plenty of money in retirement if you follow these steps. It's a nice kind of trip down, I think, that conversation from the very typical, can I do this, or is it okay to do this, or is it normal to do X, Y, Z, and then mm -hmm. your response of, uh, it depends. <laughs> That's going to be a, a really common response from you, and I think it just underscores, it's, it shouldn't be something that's frustrating, it should underscore the importance of making sure that you know your advice is customized. How often are you customizing uh, somebody's financial or, or retirement plan? Is it every single one that comes through the door basically gets a, a custom treatment? You know, that's a, that's a good question, Walter. Yes, we do, because not everybody's situation is the same. You know, I always tell people it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And so as an example, most people come in, they have no clue how to plan for taxes or how to reduce their taxes. It's one of the first things we talk about is how to blend incomes. You know, when you work in the workforce, Usually you get a paycheck, it's a W-2 income kind of situation, but when you retire, you have often multiple sources of income. You can get trust income, you can get dividends, you can get capital gains, of course, Social Security, pension, that type of thing. And if you don't blend your income properly, uh, you know, you can end up paying more taxes than you, you really should. And so we want to try to help uh, customize each person's plan individually, make sure that they understand that they, if they take action now, rather than wait too long, they can go ahead and, uh, and take some advantages uh, that won't be available to, to them in the future. That's a great point. So if you would like to get some customized guidance and uh, advice on your own financial plan, it's very easy to get in touch with Phil Gusky, Barbara Lane, and the great team at Pathfinder Wealth Management serving you throughout the Rockford area. All you have to do is go online to pathfinderwealth.com. Don't worry, we don't have to feature your question on the podcast. You can just have a one-on-one -on -one conversation uh, with the team. Pathfinderwealth.com, again, your place to go. Or you can always call the old-fashioned way, 815 3 Again, that's 
1-800-227-9806. Phil, thanks for sharing that great information with us today and uh, the how you kind of walk people through that process. Always helpful to hear these kinds of stories and, uh, and, and how the flow works. Those expectations ultimately, I think, become really important that we know what we're getting into, that we know uh, how the plan's going to come together. Thank you, Walter. Always appreciate it. Again, that's Phil Gusky. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Walter Storholt, and we will talk to you next time on The Retirement Pathfinder. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.